0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: I mean, you know, it's uh, it's been a, obviously a, a year of a lot of ups and downs, uh, you know, trials and tribulations, and, 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 and frankly, in some ways, this game's a Bit of a microcosm of, of our season, but you know, I, I felt that uh, the guys, obviously, this month of December, um, have continued to work and, and put us in position uh, to, to play for potentially, you know, a, a playoff berth, you know, after what happens tonight. But yeah, it was. I mean, it's, it's disappointing that we, we didn't come out of here today with the win. Uh, you know, there's 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 some struggles during the course of the game, but you know, our guys fought. All the way down to the end. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed for him. I think, like all of us, to a man, we, we we felt confident coming in here that we'd be able to come out of here today with, with the victory. The
0: only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah!
1: How about them cowboys, indeed? All right, Cowboys fans, just like that, your 2020 Dallas Cowboys season comes to a screeching halt. Six and ten, the final record on the year. And the battle of the Red Balls was won by, not the Red Rifle, it's Red Jay winning this time around. We'll get him next year, maybe, if Andy's with the Cowboys, that is. But yeah, Cowboys losing to the New York Giants, and what a way to kick off the offseason. Cowboys not even having a chance to clinch the NFC East, didn't even give themselves a chance, didn't take care of their own business. That kind of sums up the entire season, you know? It's a season that teases us with success it's a season that we're going to break down plenty this offseason. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you're not already. Coming up later this week, we've got the Athletics' Dane Bruegler, the Prospects, the Pros podcast, my old draft show buddy, coming on to kick off Cowboys offseason with a little Cowboys draft preview, draft talk. And then next week, we've got a little special. We're doing Reasons to be Pessimistic about the Cowboys, and then Reasons to be Optimistic about the Cowboys going forward so make sure you're subscribed for that but now it's time to welcome in our panel who are the best of the best when it comes to covering all things Dallas Cowboys it's the athletics Saad Yusuf the athletics John Nashota the father and of course the Eagles Kevin KT Turner and I'm Kent Garrison producing as always welcome in to about them Cowboys boys and like I said you know I'm kind of conflicted here because I was kind of on the uh, on the whole like "eff it," you know. Let's not see success. Let's 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 burn this mother down mode at the end of the game. But now I'm like kind of depressed. They didn't make the playoffs, <laughs> you know. Because I want this team to, uh, you know, be in a good foot going forward, so to speak. So, You know. So I'm kind of conflicted here. But I think right now I'm leaning towards bummed they didn't make the playoffs and. Hoping and wishing that they uh, have more success next season. And I'm not in tank mode right now.
2: You know, it's interesting, Kent, because I think like I, um, and I've been forthright, I've been, you know, like open about this. I'm a Packers fan, have been my entire life. But covering the Cowboys, I've always pulled for them to win. And I know John's got to, and Sod too, uh, guys have got to be in the press box. And uh, I don't really have maybe that like journalistic side. I was on my couch, like a Cowboys fan, pulling for them to win today, I was crushed. And yeah. I found my, I was yelling at McCarthy to challenge on the incomplete pass and, and uh not getting mad at Jalen when he's getting in the face of an offensive lineman for really no apparent reason. Uh Like those like things. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Because when I was eight years old, I hated the Cowboys more than anything. It's it's kind of weird, but that's just how my, my my life path has been. And today, I wanted them to win so bad. Uh, and I think it's just a thing, maybe I've just covered them so long that you you start pulling for them and it's more exciting. I mean, I do not understand the person who goes, man, the NFC sucks. Uh, it's, it's hands up in the air. It's not worth it. Man, this was theater every single week. No matter what you want to say about this team, finishing with this record at six and ten and
1: that sounds like, getting- that sounds like jerry k t honestly yeah, but- stuffy there that's that's, uh, that's well. a that's a jerry monday morning well when you when you look at the total interest in the team it was at an all time high it was some great great drama wasn't it yeah but okay
2: <laughs> but it wasn't boring at all was yeah. it john
1: no I mean that's true but like that last
3: game, was, th- you know, this what's first also half not boring? boring. Winning today's football games. Football today's winning. first half was terrible. Yeah, okay, was, there so was, that was unwatchable. It was so bad.
2: Am I just jazzed up because I've got the red zone on another TV channel? So when it, <laughs> it must to, be. Because a commercial. I'm still watching other close games.
3: <laughs> it must be. In that first half, more. I was thinking about. I just felt bad for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman that they had to call this game. I mean, th- those are two bad teams playing each other. Now it got better, obviously in the fourth quarter, and it ended up being an entertaining game. But that first half, like, what was great about that first half? Like, even if you were a Giants fan, like, what was there to be excited about? They had 20 in the first half. The Giants averaged 17 a game. Like, why are the Cowboys even allowing them to have 20 in the first half? That team's not good. And then all of a sudden, it's like, they got this steel curtain defense. I don't know, where, where was that? Where was that New York Giants defense all season long? All of a sudden, that the Cowboys can't do anything against them? Like, there were just a lot of, it's just interesting that they end the, way, the season this way because it just shows you that what they did the previous three games were because they were playing other bad teams, you know, just like, you know, some of these takeaways, those aren't going to happen. If they win this game, Washington loses and they go play Tampa Bay next week, Tampa Bay. I I would not, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay didn't turn the ball over one time against this defense, you know, and had ease with beating them.
4: Yeah. And I also think that, you know, if the Cowboys had won though, it would have been interesting because you know, we're seeing a lot of Eagles players now on, or sorry, Giants players on Twitter, all up in arms because Nate Sudfeld is in the game for, uh, for Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. And so I think even if the Cowboys had won the game, it, you know, they, I still don't think they would have made the playoffs because Washington is is going to win. Um, and so you know that I, I don't know, but I'm with John. Like that first half was was really brutal to watch. It was so sloppy. You had like. You know, we talk about the Cowboys forcing turnovers and stuff. The Giants were just, like, throwing the ball on the ground. Like, I mean, that one fumble was literally just dropping the ball on the turf. The other, in the interception was just Evan Ingram just straight up dropping a ball. I mean, it was just a sloppy, sloppy football game. It wasn't really appealing to watch at all.
3: And then how about how they almost got the ball back? Right. It's not like, I mean, I had to see it from a couple different angles. So I was like, well, maybe when Jalen dove, he got a finger on it. Nope. Wayne Gallman was just like, "Whoa, it's tough to hang on to a football right now, and I'm running with it. I oh, I better stop. I don't have the football anymore. Like it's bad football. This last month has been bad football." Well, yeah, so, the,
2: whole, the whole division sucks. We know that. Yeah, like yeah, It was um, not going to be good,
3: right? But you're still and, you're
2: still winning, playing for a division in a playoff spot. And yeah, yeah, no, and that's that matters. Fine.
3: It, yeah, the big picture of that is fine. I'm just saying, but when you're just breaking down these individual games, I, I'll just be honest with you. I this has been some of the worst football I've watched since I've started covering the team. Like this year, there's been a lot of bad football played. No, oh, yeah, but, but that- and and a large part was played by this Cowboys defense. I mean, again, we're at the end of the season, and I still look at it and I'm like, how many of these guys are even starting next year? You know, like they're just there's. I know that they were trying to go in with this like positive attitude that we're going to end on a positive note, but like this game was kind of a microcosm of the entire season. Just like Mike McCarthy said after the game, you know, there was questionable play calls, I mean, questionable decisions by the head coach, uh, really slow start that you're like, why? Well, I don't understand why you're playing this poorly. Uh, the defense looked like it, it it had its ups and downs like you saw all season. The only thing that seemed to stay consistent is that they were able to get a couple of takeaways like they've done these last few games. But, um, you know, if they would have finished the season with four wins, gotten to the playoffs, and then they didn't, I wouldn't expect them to beat the Bucs. But if they would have played them close, I'd have been like, yeah, this team's heading in the right direction, whatever. I, I just I look at the way the season ended and I'm like, okay, they played bad teams.
2: I mean, yeah today today's performance doesn't change. Like, how did, did I anything happen in this?
3: Team? Anything happened in these last four games? Because I'm I'm not about to hit you with like the most important thing that that that's happened in these last four games. Anything about these last four games do anything for you that makes you think that this? anything on the defense should stay the same in the off season. And when you do change, like, do you think that that's going to just in one off season, it's all of a sudden going to be fixed? Like I'm talking, you need new coaches, you need new players. Like this isn't going to get turned around in in one off season. And I hate to be like negative about it, but I just like, I'm trying to be realistic as well.
2: No, 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 absolutely. The, The good stuff was never some overall thing. The good stuff was all flashes, all flashes. It's Trevon Diggs making a play here. It's Donovan Wilson making a play here. It's sure. Uh, you know, DeMarcus that, Lawrence, Neville Randy Gallimore Gregory, Dalmore makes a play here. Yeah. That's and that's that's what it is when you're bad. It's just flashes, but I need to see it out of guys who are going to be here next year. I don't care if Jordan Lewis and Cheeto make a play. Those guys aren't going to be here next year.
3: Like, right, well, not but happening. I'm just saying like, I, of it, like you still need another playmaking safety, you still need another playmaking corner. You still need linebackers. Sure. Um, but it's
2: January 3rd
3: and and, you, to do and and you still and you still need de- defensive tackles like significantly all across that that side of the ball. Like, I don't know. I just I think the way that it was the, fin- the season was finishing. I think there were some people that were thinking like, no, I you know what I think that I think they're I think they're fixing this defense. No, this, no, this that, defense isn't going to be fixed. Yeah, it's going to take some time to fix this defense. And, and where I'm getting at is because my expectations of when you go and you hire a coach that won a Super Bowl and you have the offensive pieces that this team has is that. My expectations are that these are going to. this is not only going to be a playoff team, but this is going to be a team that can make noise in the playoffs. And I just don't know that I've seen enough this season to make me think even next season that they get to that level.
2: And you have to give the uh, the almighty disclaimer of all the excuses and all that, all that stuff. Here's the thing I would say about this, and I understand weak offensive line deck. We don't have to do this. We've done this every week. All right. What was, uh, I'll start with you, Saad. What was outside of just not getting the job done? What was your number one complaint with Jason Garrett as your head coach?
4: With Jason Garrett, uh, yeah. you know, I th- probably just the how conservative he was. I think that was that was uh that that was the biggest thing, right? Like it it, it seemed like every time he would rather just play it safe like, and a lot of different examples come to mind for me. It, was, it always comes down to you know that game in Houston last year when uh when they punted on fourth fourth and one or something like that in overtime um i think for me with jason garrett it was just how conservative he was
3: yeah i would i would completely agree with that it's conservative and predictability and i guess the way i look at it is it's kind of like it's kind of like the comparison between even though byron jones is getting some interceptions this year but it's kind of like the the comparison between byron jones when he was with the cowboys and then some of these corners that, you know, might get seven, eight interceptions in a season, but they take a lot of chances. Why do I have to have the two extremes? Can't I just have something in the middle? And I just feel like with Mike McCarthy, we're getting an extreme going in the other way where it's like, well, but the things I do like about Mike McCarthy are the exact opposites. Are, 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 they, they fit into what I didn't like about what Jason Garrett was. Uh, Mike McCarthy loves to go for it on fourth down. Mike McCarthy is unpredictable and will do uh, take, take chances and stuff like that. But it's almost like there's like too many of these gambles, and like there's still like, it's just like, can you be somewhere like more in the middle? Like, I just want, I'd like a little bit more consistency there, you know?
2: Okay. And uh, both of you, uh, I mean, yes, it kind of had the same answer. I know where you're coming from. Uh, that would probably be like the second thing that bothered me about, about Garrett. And this is why I was annoyed by the hiring. My answer to that question that I asked what's the number one thing that bothered you about Jason Garrett? outside of just not getting it done, would be in-game management. The idea that at the end of halves or end of games, I don't get a little bit of a boost because my head coach has understands strategy. Um, and then there's a lot of things that goes into it. Yeah, that's in the on, right that's on my,
3: that would be on my list too. I, I don't no, think mine, I would have that as number one. Mine
1: no. would be uh, his ceiling was so low. I think he was just a vanilla Play caller and a vanilla-minded football coach, where it was like our guys are going to be bigger and stronger than your guys, and that's how we're going to win. It's like that doesn't work anymore, really. You know, and they're going to be was, bought kind in, of and, and
3: they're going to be yeah. bought in and play with great effort. Yeah, and and that, then they're gonna that was his con- whole
1: like I'm going to coach the hell out of these guys, and yeah. Rod Marinelli is going to coach the hell out of these guys too, and we're going to go out there and we're going to win with the Ezekiel Elliott running at you. And that was kind yeah. of his, and it and it worked to a certain extent, but the ceiling. Was eight and eight, you know, with that, you know. No, I mean, no, no, no. That's not the ceiling.
2: Did, did didn't you often feel though that you were never? In fact, sometimes he would get in the way of you winning games at the oh, end, yeah. and close yeah. games. Because that's <laughs> oh, yeah. that's my that's where I, that's the reason I, I went down this road. It has nothing to do with Jason.
3: No, his ceiling I'm not, was. I'm not,
2: th- I'm, not, I'm, I'm not here to kill Mike. I'm saying when they hired Mike McCarthy, I went. They did not upgrade it on in-game management.
3: Yeah. The oh, stuff sure. that happened yep, today, yep.
2: the challenges. The, the 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 one challenge. Wait, isn't but this the same that's... guy
1: that challenged the Des Bryant uh, catch non catch as it because it was borderline? Where was that today? There were two calls. Hold oh, on, I'll tell you where that was today. What was it? Where the were diff- those?
3: What's the what's the difference between those two games? Where were they played at? I mean, at, at Lambeau. I mean, at Lambeau. Yeah. And 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 who was the home team at Lambeau? The packer, fa- so you're the packer fans, yelling for him to to throw the flag. So he's no. It? The big screen will show the replay like ten oh, times. Yeah, the big screen's true. not going to show the replay ten times of that play in in, in New York. Yeah, because it went the opposite. You're right. It right. was in away game.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, so the thing is, watching on the TV copy, I actually went back and looked at it, and but immediately I was like, I think that ball hit the ground. I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. And then you see the second replay, and you're like, oh, clearly, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. But I don't even know if you could kill him for that because it's there was probably a cowboy staffer uh, on the plane ride home tonight
1: feeling like crap and just no cowboy uh, staffer was watching the TV copy. I don't buy that. I, I actually no one in PR was they
3: have a line down to the field. Like, oh no, I'm sure on, that, right. I'm sure they were, but I, I, I'm saying that there has to be some type of an error. In in the way that their system is put together, yeah. and yep. it didn't get called down in time. I'm yep. saying that when you were in Green Bay, when you're in Lambeau, all he has oh, to do is turn his saying. head. I know and what he you're can saying. I know you're saying. I'm wondering why they didn't do it. No, what, I'm sure. What, I'm sure he did. What and, the, and, and Lots I don't expect him to throw that is. guy under the bus after the game either. I don't. But no, he's, he also, he's also he's also going to take, I mean, when you're the head coach, you take the blame for that. That's why you're the head coach. That's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you get all the credit for, you know, being a Super Bowl winning head coach. Obviously, he had a lot of other coaches that helped him in Green Bay as well to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, he had a a future Hall of Fame quarterback who when he's at his best plays the quarterback position better than probably anybody's ever played it, but he still is looked at as a Super Bowl winning head coach with a street named after him, so you get you know you get a little bit more credit and you get more blame. I, I mean that's just the way it works. It's it's never going to be completely fair, but on a play like that though, KT, just in in that time in the game, I, I just think you have to throw it regardless. Just even, exactly, on anything and exactly. anything that's close, you have to because it's such a big play. Because I I, I know that you can sit there and say, oh, it was outside, and how do you know Graham Gano is going to make from fifty? You don't even give him the chance to do that. You know, yeah. without at least being like, I want to see, I want to see a replay of that thing, especially where's today's the, NFL, the, where they where they nitpick every little thing on a catch when they watch replay of it. Like, there's just such a there's such a good chance. Like like later in the game, when they said that it, that that fumble was recovered by the Giants, I was like, yeah, good luck trying to prove that thing on replay because there's so many the guys in that scrum, right? But a, but a bang bang type catch like that, they're gonna dissect that thing so much in the replay. There, they, I mean. If any part of that touches the ground, they're, you know, they're, they're going to give the the challenge the benefit of the doubt there. And so that just, it doesn't look good. It just, it it does not look good for a veteran head coach that to not have thrown the challenge flag there.
4: Yeah. And also, also like Mike Pereira even said that, you know, if they do challenge it, then, then, you know, the Cowboys would probably have won that challenge. So I think that's what, that's another thing. And also. You know, it's it's like John said. At 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 that point, you have to make an executive decision. Like you have to just you have to take it upon yourself and look at look at what the situation is. I mean, it's the difference of whether you need a field goal or a touchdown, and how much time is left in the game. So you have all three timeouts. You lose one timeout, you're still left with two timeouts and the two minute warning. So you still have three stoppages of the clock if you need to get a three a three and out to get the ball back. A couple minutes later, you're not you're not handcuffing yourself like that. So I think at that point, even if nobody is is in McCarthy's ear, you still have to. Once they're lining up, the way that the way that the how quickly they were going, once they're lined up, you just got to throw the flag.
3: And what would you rather have? Two timeouts needing a field goal or three timeouts needing a touchdown? Like, I don't know. He, he
2: was yeah yeah no, and you're right. He was watching the big screen. Now you're you you got to make a good point about how many times it might've been shown, but he was looking at something. And again, there's a Cowboys staffer who had, whose job is to, you know, get that information to him. Who's probably, who 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 might
3: not have a job.
2: Yeah. Who might not have a job. And some of his cohorts may not have jobs either.
3: So Um, here's the other interesting thing about that is that, you know, three of their assistants didn't travel for this game because of COVID mm -hmm. protocols. So, Who knows? Like he was asked after the game about that. And he said that that didn't have any impact on it, but who knows? Maybe that was one of those guys jobs, or maybe it was somebody else's job who, or you, or was in previous games. But in this game, they had a different responsibility because this guy and this guy weren't there, you know, there could have been issues like that. Cause that thing, I mean, I I could tell you this right now, like he, after the game, Mike McCarthy said he didn't get a chance to watch the replay. Obviously when he gets a chance to watch the replay, it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what questions we ask him. It doesn't matter what he says to any, anybody. When he watches that replay, he's going to be kicking himself.
2: Absolutely, he will be. And, um, you know, I hooked I, I it up just for fun. Just uh, don't, It doesn't matter. Uh, but it, this is how I spent the last two minutes of the game. Uh, while watching the game, quickly counting up all the challenges he's had in his career as head coach, 48 uh, for 95. So just uh, just a tad t- t- over 50%. So it doesn't really tell you anything. Like, it just, it's just kind of... Like you said, John, and like what McCarthy said at the end of it, today was kind of a microcosm of this season. Trials and tribulations just didn't quite get it done. And it's true. And that's how I would grade not only the football team, but I would grade him as a head coach. You've got to be better next year. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's flat out you have to be better next year. And he will be because Dak's going to be here probably, right? Um, offensive well, line, think, maybe I healthier. Th- like, I think, like, I think they will be better next year almost by default, but he was not hired here to get you to the playoffs. He was hired think, here to win you a super
4: bowl. Yeah. And I think, I think the talent is definitely going to be better because look, they're going to be picking, you know, uh, number 10 and they're going to get talent in the draft free agency. The injury is coming back, but what, what still isn't going to what what still isn't going to just magically get better, KT, is what you brought up—the game management. And, and John pointed this out in in his post game article, which everyone should go read at the Athletic. The season comes down to two plays: fourth and ten, deep in your own territory, and then not throwing the challenge flag here. Now, both of those, whether you want to, whether you want to, you know, fault uh, Fossil for the fourth and ten, or you want to fault a video guy for not getting in McCarthy's ear to throw the challenge. At the end of the day, McCarthy has to sign off on those things and McCarthy can't allow Fossil to go for it on fourth and ten deep in your own territory. And and if the and, and if whatever assistant isn't getting back to him, he needs to throw the flag. Those kind of things, McCarthy, whether Dak is it there or not, whether Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith is there, those are the things McCarthy has to do next season that he didn't do this season.
3: I absolutely agree with you, Sod, and
4: that's the that's the issues that I have with it too,
3: because I, I like to think over the track record of me covering this team, I'm not the type of guy that just says a bunch of wild things just to say them to try and get clicks or or try to get people to listen to the podcast. I try and call it fair and look at it from both sides and think of it a lot of times of what would I would do in that situation myself, obviously not being an NFL head coach, but just knowing that the difficulties that comes along with that job. But I will say, even when you factor in the injuries, having to do COVID, all of that stuff, I understand that that stuff is difficult, and I get that. But as you just pointed out, those type of th- those type of plays, there, there's other things that happen during the season with you know too many guys, not enough guys on the field, things like that. Those are things that, that that doesn't matter for. And then the biggest one, number one on my list, no doubt about it, will always be not even close. I will always refer back to this every time I look back to this first season is, You had an entire season off, and this is the defensive coaching staff you came up with. Like that is just that has nothing to do with COVID. That has nothing to do with injuries. Like that is that is just a real head scratcher there. That for when you're looking at this, like I clearly believe that there's going to be better days ahead for Mike McCarthy as coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm just saying, in year one, there are things that go beyond COVID, that go beyond injuries, that make you sit there and go. You know, well, that didn't look good. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully, that gets cleaned up because you're you're hoping for better in in those certain situations. And hey, when I say this too, I understand. Like, I, there was a good chance going into the season that he that like there was not going to be any games without any questionable calls by the coaching staff. I totally yeah. get that. You know, that's always going to happen. But I'm just telling you things that I've seen and the way I feel about them. Well,
2: the, the way they talk about things too. Uh, I'm glad you took it to coaching. Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, let's get into the Kellen stuff in a second as well. And I also want to come back to Jalen. We need to talk about his weird quote. Um, the Cowboys are always like, well, look, we're going to evaluate our coaching staff this week. They should be evaluating their coaching staff tonight and tomorrow because the Philadelphia Eagles don't have a defensive coordinator and a bunch of teams in this league are making big changes. Why do they take so long to evaluate their coaching staff and, and make, these official moves. I know that there are contracts in play and that comes down to it, but like, don't you want to be the first ones if you're going to do it? Like, don't you want to be the first ones to rip off the bandaid so you can start interviewing people immediately and try to make changes. And yes, I'm talking about Mike Nolan and the defensive staff.
3: I thought you were talking about uh, Jason Garrett still being around the facility and then you only interviewed two head coaches.
2: Sorry. Like be, that was such a long back. time
3: ago. Sorry. Oh, it was right. last year. Sorry. Go ahead. It was a year. It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was right. It was a year ago. They Is might already, and it might be the same exact thing, to be honest with you. The world's they might not might already the have better their, place since then. They might already have their DC already already thought of, of who it's going to be. You know, they're going to sit there and say that, that these are the formalities of we got to talk it over and evaluate and stuff like that. But they already have, I mean, there's enough of, of the season. It's not like it just came to an end right here and all of a sudden they're like, you know what? don't think this defense was as good as we thought it was going to be we need to evaluate that like they've known for a while here that hey some changes need to happen i'm sure they um, have some people figured out the fact that they
1: they lost today and and put up the performance they did against this new york giants offense you know uh, i think that that spells the fate of of tabasco mike doesn't it you know like i i think if they sneak their way into the playoffs. This defense gets a couple of takeaways, you know, late they're coming on strong. I think maybe, you know, maybe they, they give him one more year. Yep. Maybe the, maybe, the, maybe he's, the, he's the sacrificial lamb. Now that the way the season ended, somebody has to go and, and he's the one with, with the way things ended.
3: Well, and I'm I, very interested on what the next play would be too. Like, yeah, this is the coach that this is the defensive coordinator and the defensive staff you hired the first time. Like how confident are you that the next person that's hired or put in that position is then going to be the right person. I mean, it's, I don't know. And it's, not, is, it's not an exact science. I get that. But I'm just saying like there is some I'm very interested to see what those changes could be.
2: This is where things get tense to me, because uh, sure, we can all sit here and uh, all agree. Yeah, we need to do something else. Mike Nolan. No. All right. But what if Mike McCarthy goes to Steven and Jerry says, look, guys, I need better players on defense. This is not Mike Nolan's fault. The guys started buying into the system the back half of the year. You guys saw us get those turnovers down the stretch. You guys saw us kind of come together as a defense a little bit, you know? But i got to have better players. It's not Mike Nolan's fault. What if Mike McCarthy goes to bat for his friend? That happened well, a million times in Green Bay with Dom Capers. It yeah, just happened.
4: I, th- I think I think he would have had a much stronger case to do that if they win the game today and if they do something against Tom Brady uh, or something like that. But right now, if I'm Steven or Jerry... I'm saying so you did what against Brandon Allen like I mean do you, I mean is that something that's supposed to be impressive uh, So I think that's where Mike McCarthy has less of a case when it's like look at the three opponents that you beat. You didn't you didn't do anything. So uh, so I, I think that's where he loses on that argument. I, and to do be honest with really you, Jerry,
3: this isn't Green Bay, though. Jerry gets what he wants. Like this ain't going to be like in Green Bay where it was like, no, yeah. I really want this guy. And then he sticks around like, no, if Jerry's like, he, he, I mean, he'll sit there and he'll do it a very nice way. He won't be mean about it. He'll be like, all right, Mike. Yeah, I'll listen to you. Cool. Are we done? Oh, oh, we want me. To, OK, you're going to keep going. OK, cool. I mean, we're getting a new D.C., but go ahead. I'll, I will mean, but I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Friend,
2: Jerry. Yeah.
3: No, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. I get that too. And then he'll tell you a story about how he had friends too that in in the oil business that he had to let go or something like that. But if if yeah. Jerry is sold that that they need a new DC, there will be a new DC.
2: Well, they they need to know because I think you need to be the first if you are trying to get you know who knows what they're you know, what they're doing. Uh, this organization that that kind of goes off connections, or has for a long time, but maybe they've pinpointed a few people that they like as they did. You know, with Mike McCarthy, but I like him to know. And I think you, when you're doing offseason planning on who's going to be here, who's not going to be here, you have a little more time. When it comes to evaluating players, you have time. When it comes to evaluating coaches, you do not have time because there will be coaches on the street tomorrow. There will be coaches on the street and you know they're on the street today. And if you want to come, come bring them in, like you need to, you know, get on that ASAP. It's like today with Philadelphia, it's like Jim Schwartz is like, yeah, I'm taking a year off. Or, or I might retire. I don't know. I don't really have any jobs lined up right now is basically what that was. But, like, that's like I have to th- think about what they're doing in the draft at 10. You know, I got names for you, and I got players, and we'll talk about those. We're going to have Dane Brugger on next week. But I also need to know what kind of defense we're running because I can't just, you know, pull straws. and dra- There are guys in this draft maybe more than in recent history where I would consider a lot of tweeners. Or guys who just wouldn't be right in a 4-3, or if you're just wouldn't be good if you're gonna play with Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. I don't know if I can take uh this linebacker from Notre Dame unless maybe we're playing him at strong safety. Like there's a lot of things they need to get figured out on how they want to play defense. Because at the core, what is their defensive philosophy? I don't know, and they don't know. Yeah. So that's where we're at. <laughs>
0: Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply.
3: And then on, on offense, I'll just say this. I know that C D Lamb had some drops. Andy Dalton didn't play his best game. and all that. I guess I just glossed over it because I'm like, yeah, you know how you fix that? You get Dak Prescott back and Zach Martin and Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. And so, like, I didn't even write a ton about those type of things, about how, you know, they couldn't get the running game going and things like that because the season's over. And I'm like, all right, it's time to look forward now. And now it's all about you getting Dak's contract done and you get these offensive linemen healthy and you get back to being what should be one of the best offenses in the league. Now, where's your defense at, as, as we were talking about just now? And who's who's running your defense? And can it at least be middle of the pack? You know, can it be one of those where at the end of next season that we can say that after every one of these games that we did, one of these shows, we didn't go. Man, it effort didn't look good there in that end of the fourth quarter. Man, it looked like guys were kind of mailing it in there. Like, can it just be like guys all bought in on top of getting turnovers too? Like, is that possible? I mean
2: you it it yeah, it all it's, it's gotta be way more consistent. Way more consistent. Uh that takes us to Jalen. We maybe we'll get to the Kellen thing later. Let's takes us to Jalen? I I couldn't believe it. Uh, when I saw, I think you were the one I saw tweeted out, Uh, John first, the (laughs) quote from Jalen. Now, I actually, I gotta be honest, I I really can't believe the question. Who asked the question? Do you know?
3: Yeah. Calvin Watkins.
2: Okay, Calvin Watkins, did he ask him straight up, are you going to be here next year?
3: He goes, he asked him about about, you know, there's gonna be a lot of changes you know, that happen in offseason, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think about you know, your future with with the team. Like, next year he goes, and and Jalen goes, me? And Calvin goes, yeah. And then that's when he said the thing about watch the tape or whatever. So, and then he (laughs) caught himself because he didn't want to go, like, too hardcore on, like, you know, like, I don't know who you think you're talking to or something. Like, he didn't do anything like that. But then, but by the end of his answer, you can tell that that's basically what he's saying. Like, people that know football know that I'm a good player is basically what he was saying, you know? It it is a... Okay, I, I actually do think it's a fair question. Oh, it's 100% a fair question. Yeah. 100%. Okay, but can I read the quote just
2: for those out there who didn't see yeah. it? Here's the quote from Jalen. He said, me, and my future? No, here is verbatim. Here it is. Me, I mean, watch the film. But for me, it's a blessing to be able to play this game. So many people thought I'd never, ever play again. So for me, I'm my worst critic and I'm my biggest fan. I'm gonna keep at him keep grinding the guys that know football and know our scheme and watch film um I don't have to speak for myself it's all love what, what the hell does that mean
3: hey <laughs> what scheme i'm I'm not i I just cover this team and I write about football I don't know what I'm talking about but if anybody's listening to this, can you tell me what scheme it is where where you just get blown off the ball ten yards and then finally make a tackle if you, you 10, know football he's, field, he's he's I don't an old all what pro,
1: uh, pro bowler he just must not be getting the stats and accolades for that
3: i don't know what it is and we're just to be be honest (laughs) with you his play (laughs) on the field has spilled over (laughs) into like where people like can't even stand anything he does after the plays like you know third and one guy gets a first down but it's a decent tackle he's swiping it's like it's a first down uh that fumble at the end of the game when wayne Gallman's at the bottom of the pile and i mean Literally, Trayvon Diggs, you should w- go back and watch how Trayvon Diggs jumps into that pile. Like, like his life depends on it. And Jalen just standing there like a statue the entire time, just signaling that the ball, that the that's the Cowboys ball, while well, these guys are just fighting for. It. It's just like, the <laughs> optics of it are just so bad. And it just reminded me of like that Chicago game last year in Chicago, where it was just like, some of the stuff he was doing, it was like, this is not the time for that at all. You know, I mean, I, I always make the comparison to this, but it'd be like, It would literally be like in the times when Zeke was struggling this year that like he would run and get like stopped at the line of scrimmage and then he would do like the feed me thing. Like he would never do that because you just don't do that in those situations.
2: There's two images I'll never get out of my head about the 2020 season. Number one was today with the pile and there he is pointing (laughs) while everyone's diving that one. And then the second one was earlier in the year. It was on one of the TV broadcasts. And it's Jalen flexing, and then it's like they got the Cowboys team defensive stats on there, and it's 32nd, 32nd, 30 second, 30 second, 30 second. <laughs> like it gets the pass, the run, and overall. And he's flexing. And I'm like, yeah. It's like everything he does is so over exaggerated. Like well, he's the even- guy who, like takes a lick of an ice cream cone, has the lick, and he's like, Yeah! <laughs> High five and everyone. Like it's insane. Hey, even uh,
4: even the second and one today. I mean, the second and one, I mean, they got the first down and he he did a swipe. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like what are you celebrating at that point? You it was close enough to where you should have the you should have the know-how to not even do that until you you didn't tackle him 4 yards behind the line of scrimmage. It, at best, it was inches, but he but you was celebrating already and you know, Troy Troy was not having it. Like, I mean, he was he he, he was not ha- he he could he was just, you know, mincing his words, but still I mean, th- that stuff would be bad even if you were average, but Jalen hasn't even been average. He's been bad. And so, like John said, the optics just make it even worse. But Saad, he had a career high in tackles <laughs> this year. That doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> tackles is not a stat, okay? No, like the, it the, the, the is the a stat. stat.
3: It is no, a stat.
2: it doesn't matter. It's, it's not, not a like good one, but pitching. it's a stat. It's like pitcher wins. No, no, no. That, that's about other people. Like, that's not a stat. It's not an individual stat. I've always hated that one. Tackles for a loss? Talk to me. Uh, it was pretty ironic that the Wayne Goleman run and then the, uh, what we're calling the the nut fumble. some people were calling it the nut fumble, um, but the Wayne Goleman run was right in Jalen Smith's cutback lane. I was like, that's where he was supposed to be, and he wasn't. But uh, well, you just, don't know this
3: scheme. Okay, yeah, KT? No, I'm, you're right.
2: If you knew I don't this know scheme, you'd know right.
3: that that's how it was supposed to go. But but
2: but, but do Jerry and Steven know?
3: Watch the tape, does, does Mike
2: McCarthy know? Watch does Mike McCarthy team. and Jerry and Steven, the do tape. they know he's bad? Watch
3: there the tape. There is absolutely no <laughs> doubt that they know. There's absolutely no doubt. So what
2: do you do? What do
3: you do about it? I think you have to move on.
2: Can he be on your team and not start?
3: No, I don't He's a positive
2: so. guy, right? He's a positive not, guy, not, right?
3: Yeah, but I, I think that he... He needs to be in a position where he's in the spotlight. Like he he needs that. And I don't think it would work that way. Uh as as a backup or
2: Well, he's uh, in that position now. It, no, it he's well. calling
3: that defense. Like he they everything runs through him. I mean, that's I why he's out there all the time. That's how you end up with the most tackles. Doesn't mean it's a good stat, but it means that you're out there all the time.
2: Okay. If I cut him after June first, you know, the cap the dead the dead money goes to You know, we start talking about, you know, maybe 8 to $9 million over four years, which that feels doable, right? We should move on. I'm saving a lot of money on my cap. He's a post-Jude first cut. If I cut him now, you know, you'd be eating a lot of money. But, you know, I think the way I would do it is I would probably, God, maybe you got it. Maybe you just got to rip the Band-Aid off now.
3: Yes. Uh, and, and you don't God, need to spend I, significantly on linebacker. If you go in another direction, doesn't mean you have to sit there and use, you know, the, the 10th pick or even your second round. Can you just, can you get me another Anthony Hitchens? Like I was just fine with Anthony Hitchens.
4: I like, dude, I, I'll take Luke Gifford right now. I'll take Luke Gifford <laughs> and at least see what the hell he has to offer because I don't know how much worse it can get. You know, at, at 10, and I know we want
2: to get that secondary going. I'm just throwing this out there. We're not. Gonna we are getting the
3: secondary fixed at ten. Okay, so don't even. Okay. Stop with the foolishness now. <laughs> but
2: you know, I, I, Micah Parsons of of Penn State kind of scares me a little bit. He's a freak athlete. the The Notre Dame kid, uh, Jermaine Ousu koromoa
3: Yeah, he blade. might
2: be a linebacker slash safety type. Oh, so I know. Like, and
3: then people are going to hate that too because he went to Notre Dame.
2: Yeah. Well. They're gonna, like, they're
3: gonna be like, "What if he's another Jalen Smith?"
2: Yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah, just take the take one of the corners and just move it on. Uh, no, but he is. I,
3: he, I mean, I've watched a lot of him. He is. He is a ball player. I mean, he does remind incredible. me. Yeah, and he reminds me of the playmaker that Jalen Smith was at Notre Dame. Obviously, that changed with the foot injury, but yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a playmaker for sure. And I I just, but in with the way the Cowboys play defense, I think he's more of a linebacker than a safety.
2: And it's not lost on me that a part of the uh, of Jalen's, um, I don't know, lack of good play, is the fact that we're talking about a guy who lost feeling in one of his feet for uh, about a year. Like that's not lost on me, and I'm I'm very like, like that's the type of thing i have never like, dude. The fact that he's made it, but we all know. The oh, good that's a great about, story. Yeah, we all know the good things about Jalen. It doesn't have to be said anymore. We all know.
0: Yeah,
2: it's more than bad play. It's body language now. Right. That's like. What?
3: And it's been more it's than the, one season, and that's why yeah. when he made this, and when he made the Pro Bowl last year, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is a good thing. Just a
2: real lack of awareness. I don't know. Uh, should we talk about the Kellen thing? Yeah, let's do while it while we're here. I think we should. News came out Saturday that Kellen Moore signed a three-year contract extension with the Cowboys, and then uh, on the broadcast today, Troy. Said something that it felt like he kind of slipped out. He was like, "Well, last I heard, he was taking the job at Boise." <laughs> He's kind of kind of slipped out there, but I don't know if that's what Troy was saying. College I, I jobs
3: have... are real interesting with that. There's a lot of moving parts in terms of like boosters and people that know yes. what's going on and who don't, who doesn't, and who's on the inside and who's not. I've always found that very fascinating with when these college, you know, like for for example, you know, on. What day was it? Was it Friday when the Steve Sarkeesian stuff came out about Texas? That that was Saturday. Or Saturday. Okay. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, all right, do I believe this or not? Like, it seems like it's coming from some reputable reporters and stuff. Like, is this a done deal? And I just like, college is just really fascinates me. But yeah. So yeah, Saad texted me about that when it happened. I was like, yeah, it's so, that was so strange what he said about that. Because from everything I heard, if Callum was offered that job, he was going to take it because it was Boise was his dream job. I don't know that that would have been the case if it would have been any other college job, but because it was Boise, I think he would have taken that. Now, for me personally, I know that he wants to be a head coach. If he wants to be an NFL head coach, he is in the best spot possible right now, and I certainly would have signed that. Yeah. I mean, you just look across this league, and it is littered with young offensive coaches that are getting chances big be- Because they can call an offense. They're getting chances to be head coaches. And yeah, it's not working out with a lot of them. I mean, Adam Gase just got let go today, you know, but there's a lot of Kevin Stefanski's out there and Kyle Shanahan's and Sean McVay's out there. So, uh, I mean, he's got all... And it's it's such a good move for him too because he's got a loaded offense. It's not like he's like, well, hey, we're going to need you to really draw some stuff up here because basically the talent on offense is going to be what our talent is on defense where you're just like... I mean, I only got so much to work here. With I don't know how good you expect this to be. No, that offense is loaded. So if you're that guy that you have the Cowboys' offense as one of the top, you know, five offenses in the league for the next couple of years, he's going to get head coaching offers. So uh, I, I think it's a, a great move uh, by the Cowboys. Uh, last thing I'll say, and I just thought it was interesting how Jerry on the radio uh, on Thursday, New Year's Eve, he's just talking about how like you know, there's just some things that you got to take it if, if they're there, you know, and. Basically made it sound like, yeah, that if, you know, Kevin, Kevin, I feel like that's what he calls him to. Kellen gets these opportunities that, you know, Cameron? you'd have to be able to take it. And so I was kind of like, oh man, he's kind of understanding that this is his dream job in that. And then here we go a couple of days later. And it's like, he's got a three-year deal done to stay with the Cowboys. So obviously watching this game, people are probably like, oh, I don't know. Who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Look how bad the offense looked today. Give him time. I think, I think. I think Kellen's shown enough upside that he he deserves to be here beyond this season, next season, the season after that. So I think they're in good shape there. And really, to be honest with you, it really doesn't matter what we think if Dak Prescott's on board with them and he wants him to be his OC, then that's the guy you got to keep because that's the guy you got to sign because Dak Prescott's the face of your organization.
4: Yeah, I think that's that to me, that's the biggest thing. And what, and you know, right when I saw the news, that's exactly what I tweeted is that people underrate the Dak Prescott factor here. Uh, this is a guy that Dak obviously has known from the very beginning of his career. He's pretty much the only carryover from 2016 in terms of you know the coaching staff and things like that. Of of someone who's he's he's had close contact with and directly been working with because he was close with Jason Garrett as well and and things like that. So I think you know I talked to Kellen once last year in a one on one situation when I did the story on him about his past with Boise and he he really like he, he loves boise and he loves that job but he made no secret about it that his his goal was to was to be an nfl head coach and if that's your goal like i i think the reason why this this works a lot better beyond everything that john said which is really the the gist of it but at boise or any college that you go to you're judged a lot more by wins and losses and things like that whereas right now it doesn't really matter how much the Cowboys win or lose with Kellen as the offensive coordinator. If Dak throws for 6,000 yards and the offense is at the top of the league, Kellen is still going to be a candidate for a head coaching job somewhere, even if the defense continues to be absolute crap, right? So I think that's that's another factor where I think, you know, Kellen has that advantage where right now, he really has to worry about one side of the ball, the production that comes from it. And the first four weeks of this season, four or five weeks with Dak showed us that he's going to be just fine. I mean, the offense is going to produce at an electric level, regardless of what the defense does. And he doesn't have to recruit young players or anything like that. He doesn't, he's not going to be judged on solely winning, wins and losses. This is just the right situation for him to be a head coach in the NFL.
2: Two things. a, to the crowd out there that that does not think Kellen Moore is an asset, I would ask you then why was Dak Prescott on pace to throw for six thousand yards after Week Four? Luck. You could say that's all in the wide receivers, all in luck. He changed what uh, th- this to, and I think I think actually that he and Mike McCarthy, I think, vibe pretty well too. You know, uh, I, I truly believe that. One thing I'll say about Jerry, and this is why I kind of wasn't surprised you know Jerry saying all that on Thursday that's just Jerry trying to get get a bit of a an answer trying to get a bit of a budge cuz you know that deadlines make deals it's not hard for Jerry to go look Kellen go find out what Boise State's offering you and then come back to me and we'll talk but I will have the final say <laughs> like that's how he's going to negotiate right having the last word type thing and then this is where you know it's always been odd to me that you could find it but it's always it's never from a good source like NFL head coaching salaries are rarely out there. Um, I believe the Mike McCarthy contract, I'm led to believe it's and we know it's five years. I'm led to believe that it's six million a year. Could be wrong. I don't have that verified, but I think it's six million, which puts him, you know, in the upper echelon. I and mean, Sean Payton, some of those guys make a little more. Uh, but like that's that's pretty up there. That's pretty solid. So if Mike McCarthy's making six million a year, and let's say that Kellen was offered. or $2 million a year to go be the head coach at Boise State. It ain't real hard for Jerry to go. We'll give you three years, $3 million per year. Essentially making Mike McCarthy's contract a four-year contract is what that does. I mean, because you're going to make a decision on Kellen after that third year, right? You're not just going to let Kellen go again. either. After three years, either Kellen leaves because he's not any good or he goes and takes whatever head coaching job he wants because he's good. Kellen Moore is not signing up after three years to be the Cowboys offensive coordinator again. That's not happening. He will be the Cowboys head coach or he will go be the head coach somewhere else. So that's what Mike McCarthy's got. <laughs> like that's it's not Garrett Wade part two, but it's like half of that. <laughs> like there's still there's a part of it's it like, yeah, that's I mean, that's what it would be. McCarthy going into his final year of his contract, Kellen Moore is a free agent. If Kellen has performed, that's Kellen's job. And I think there's a reason. We know Kellen, uh, is, he's talked about it so many times, how much Boise State means to him. You know, like you've heard him talk about it. For him to turn that down, I'm not saying an under-the-table deal was done, but I'm not saying that an under-the-table deal was not done. That's probably. so. What do, you,
3: what do you think about Jerry Jones? Uh, this quote he had, this is the day before, this is the day, uh, this is New Year's Eve. He said, Kellen mixes it up pretty good. Mike actually has to have a little lid from time to time on Kellen, but it's a good thing, it's a real positive thing. That's what makes Kellen so exciting to be part of the Cowboys. And he was saying, and then he went on to talk about how McCarthy and Kellen Moore, because of that, make a great combination. I just thought it was funny because lid, yeah, like as in, like, you know. Callan's trying to get too wild on offense and sometimes he has to reel him back in, you know.
2: Why are but, we reeling him in? Let's get wild. I don't
3: know. Screw Speaking it. from experience.
2: Guys trying to win <laughs> the NFC East here. Let's well, screw it. By the way, uh, fire off the breaking news sounder there, Kent. There it is. Breaking, breaking. A team without a mascot has won the NFC East. It's official. Washington beats Philadelphia twenty to fourteen. So it was all for naught today, anyways. Washington wins. Uh, after Philadelphia goes ahead and tanks it up in the fourth quarter by putting in Nate Sudfeld. So Washington and Tampa Bay uh, over the weekend.
3: Um, so now you yeah. wish they just would have lost all three of those games, finished 3-13, and 13 and had the third pick.
1: You know that's not how it works, sir. Sitting at number 10 right
4: Top 10. No. Top 10, baby. Okay, a quick question, though. A quick question for, for both <laughs> of you guys. Do you kind of see this more as going into the offseason 0-1 or 3-1? and because I think that's that, that's kind of what McCarthy talked about, right? Was like was Damn. how he wanted to finish strong. So is he finishing zero and one or three and one?
2: I don't
1: zero oh and one zero oh and one. When you had a chance to make the playoffs, zero oh and one.
2: I I, you I didn't think get you it wa- done. I think you wash it off real quick. And I and I also think that three and one wouldn't have mattered. I just don't think that matters. I think too much of the roster is new. You know, I mean, I just, I, I just think too much like. When you bring in a third of the people, let's say uh, I'm going to throw out a, a, a generic, uh, let's say you're working at the office. Let's say you're working at Dunder Mifflin and 30 people work oh, there. Oh, I
3: love that place.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> th- well they fire, they fire uh, or they get rid of 10 of those people and bring in 10 new ones. Well, 10 of those new ones aren't going to understand that Jim and Pam have been making googly eyes at each other. They don't get the reference because they didn't experience it. They don't know. They don't know that Dwight is the type of guy who's going to set the place on fire. Like, they don't know. So the new guy coming in on this new roster doesn't know that Jalen Smith will sometimes over-exaggerate a little bit. Like, they don't know any of that stuff. And I think that's that's a big enough number. Uh, I think there's just too much turnover for year-to-year type stuff. I think at your core, with your main guys, sure. Like, that that matters to DeMarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper and and all these guys are coming back. But I think that there's enough new guys coming in when you replenish your roster each year. I really don't think it matters that you went three and one last year or or in the final month of the year. I think if you had playoff success and teams are watching you on, on uh, you know, national TV in January, I think maybe, you know, maybe you see that or maybe a free agent goes, man, that's a pretty good team right there. Getting to watch them. Maybe, maybe I want to go play for Buffalo or something like, you know, I think that happens, but like, I really don't think the last month of the year, last game of the year. I understand what McCarthy was saying, and I understand what he was going for with all of that. I just think there's too much turnover for that to even matter. Because at the end of the day, what do they tell you? What do they tell you after every game? Well, we're just getting ready for Washington. We're we're look, we're getting ready for Minnesota this week. No, we're getting ready for Philadelphia, dude. It's it's such a next week next man up type Lee. I just don't, I don't buy that crap. That's just me.
3: I just, I want to go back to that scenario you had about working at Dunder Mifflin.
4: Saud, <laughs> are coverage. you
1: familiar? Saud, do you <laughs> know, you know The Office?
4: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Heard of By the show. By the way, for the listener,
1: Saud <laughs> has watched The Office 20 times. 19, from, 19. 19. I'm about
4: to start
2: round 20. Yeah,
4: right? round 20 That's is true. coming up here.
2: Very oh, you got Peacock yeah. now because you're going to love that interface and all those ads. <laughs>
4: No, I actually have I actually have the office on one of my own streaming services, so um I've never been watching on Netflix anyways. Oh nice. Nice.
2: Yeah. I actually just started my rewatch of Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec season one, not as bad as people say. Not as bad as people say.
3: It's still really saw that. still never as good as the office though. What that's nope. what
2: you said, but uh <laughs> you know, I, I disagree, but it's fine. We can all
4: uh I'm what a, a community a, guy, so <laughs> aside from aside from the Cowboys John's passion for the office is one of my favorite things uh <laughs> about this whole thing as well
1: John does love some love some uh oh some yeah Dwight Schrute, Michael Scott love Dwight. oh love actually
4: and, and KT's really outnumbered here because I mean Kent is freaking best friends with Jenna Fisher so I mean what no. are we all saying right
1: not no not best <laughs> not not best friends it, but it, it was very awkward when sod was chiming in on this officer of the office sucks. And then I'm like replying to sods tweet, like, you know, chiming in on the conversation, just talking about the office. And then, you know, Jenna Fisher chimes in on the conversation. I'm like, Oh God, don't oh, shit. God. I'm just glad nobody said something awful or horrible about her because that would have been very, very, very terrible.
0: No, the backstory, right. the
1: backstory there is just the backstory is we were going to do a, um, when I was with the Cowboys, we were going to do a video with her, um, and this is one we, you know, you might have seen one we did with the wrestler Sting, uh, where he was working at uh, the Star as, like, uh, you know, just working at the Star as Sting, the wrestler. Uh, we we're going to do course. one with her where she was Pam and she was Jerry's receptionist. And we got in touch about it, talked about it.
3: And um, can't we circle back, though? What? <laughs> can't we circle back?
2: Well, <laughs> Kent doesn't work for the. I don't work for anymore. them
3: anymore. I know, but let, that, let's. I don't want to. Yeah, just it just sounds like it didn't
1: end weird, but it was just like, hey, cool, awesome. I understand. Totally get it, you know? And it was a, yeah, it was a, it was cool. It was, yeah, a little inside baseball there for uh, something, for something that never, never happened. But imagine Pam Beasley as Jerry's receptionist. Gosh. And we would have had Jerry doing like Michael Scott uh, stuff. It was... Uh, it was that would be, have gotten...
3: Very fun. That would have gotten the type of views that probably the website's only gotten from...
0: All of other
4: Kent's documentaries. <laughs> no, I was trying to think <laughs> no, of just... No, no, I, I was just going
3: to think of skits. I think the only like other... Th- I was going to say the that breakfast that one was, with It was with the Zeke. one where
1: Zeke eating the cereal. Yeah, yeah. That, was yeah. The, that was the I one. I don't that
2: know, was. man. Hellman's video review of the Browns game from 2014
1: is pretty good. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I forgot about um, that one.
2: <laughs> and that's why I subscribe to the Athletic. Little tidbits like that that you would have never. Yeah, there you go. Interested. Little
1: maybe who who knows what else we'll share
2: hey, from our times the-
1: in the in the biz. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll open up the vault this offseason. Sure. Um, We have Dane Brugler on Wednesday. We'll have another episode out of the Bethlehem Cowboys, so stay tuned for that. Stars hockey getting going, so make sure you're following Saad Yusuf, as he is the new beat reporter for the Dallas Stars as well. Uh, John always has content all the time that he's cranking out here on The Athletic. And, uh, you know, the usual suspects will be around as well, the Bob Sturms, Tim Catos, and Levi Weavers and Jamie Newbergs of the, of the of the world and I hope I'm not leaving anyone out but if I am I apologize. Uh, the point is we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here for you all off season. The Cowboys do fail to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. That's a bummer. Uh, They'll try harder next year, though, and we're going to try to see if we can solve it. We're going to have some episodes coming up looking at the positives of this year, looking at the negatives, looking at, uh, you know, maybe the roster and who's going to be coming back and who would you want back and who would you not want back? Should I stay or should I go type things? We're going to have all of that for you in the coming weeks here on The Athletic and About Them Cowboys. For our producer, Kit Garrison, for Saad Youssef, for Father John Machiodo, I am Kevin K.T. Turner. Thank you for listening to us all season long and stick with us throughout the offseason beginning Wednesday as Dane Brugler joins us. We'll talk Cowboys draft and Cowboys picking with the top 10 pick, turns out. How about that? We'll be talking about all of that as we uh, move on throughout the offseason and 2021. Goodbye, 2020. Thank you. Uh, All right, I've done the outro. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.